Wings with Wings Productions presents episode 21 of the Skylark Bell Wingspan. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our previous episode, Magpie and Lucas exist in parallel timelines, where Magpie struggles to accept Lucas's disappearance, and Lucas tries to wrap his brain around being in 1920s pocket. In today's episode, we read Chapter 21, Moving Forward, Looking Back, in which Magpie and Lucas come to terms with their respective situations. Be sure to listen on at the end of the episode for an introduction to a podcast I quite enjoy called Mums, Mysteries, and Murder. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. It must be strange to find yourself in this tiny village after living the big city life in Paris, says Magpie, expertly placing a warm slice of apple pie on Julian's plate. I love it here, he answers, his tone so earnest and genuine Magpie has no doubt he is telling the truth. It is my home, where I grew up. I know the fields, the cliffside, the ocean. I know the villagers are... Quel est le mot? Ah oui, quirky, he laughs, exchanging a knowing look with Magpie. Though the people of the village have warmed up to her to some degree, she still feels a bit like an outsider. And you, he asks, how are you feeling here now? I was told you were only supposed to stay for one year, but now you are staying indefinitely, he asks. Magpie squirms. She hasn't spoken to him about Lucas, only to say that he left suddenly and that she will stay on at Carnifex's house on her own. Yes, I decided I really love the ocean and the beach, and yes, the people here can be quirky, as you say, at this, she winks at him. But I genuinely love it here. It feels like home, she says, meaning every word, but leaving out the fact that she feels like she can't leave, not without knowing what happened to Lucas. This has been the most unusual and wonderful dinner I've ever had, says Julian, placing his dessert fork on his empty plate. I haven't laughed this hard in ages, says Magpie, smiling at him and admiring the way an adorable dimple forms on his right cheek when he smiles. At first, Magpie fought the feelings that were stirred when she was around Julian, but now she's starting to embrace them. She has let go of the guilt she felt in the beginning, when it felt like she was betraying Lucas. She's a young woman with her whole life ahead of her, and after a year of confusion and grieving, it is time to embrace laughter and happiness again. She gets up to gather their plates and bring them to the kitchen. Julian follows her with their empty drinking glasses and the leftover pie. Next time it will be my turn to cook for you. All the French classics like frog legs and goose liver, oui? He says, winking at her. You're not going to fool me this time, she laughs. But all kidding aside... I would love to do this again. I've had a really great time. 
Julian nods at her. Me too, he says. Well, it's getting late. Perhaps I can help you clean up before I go home, he offers. Absolutely not. You are my esteemed guest, she replies in the most stubborn, forceful voice she can muster. Okay, okay, he says, holding up his hands in a gesture of surrender. I will see you tomorrow then, he asks as they are walking to the door. Yes, looking forward to it. Bonne nuit, Julien, she says as he steps out into the night. Bonne nuit, he replies softly, then turns and walks toward the caretaker's cottage. Magpie watches as he disappears into the fog, then closes the door and leans against it, closing her eyes and smiling. Her smile fades as thoughts of Lucas re-enter her mind. Where is he? What could possibly have caused him to leave her like this? When is it okay to move on? Magpie heaves a sigh and starts turning off the lights. It is time for bed. Hopefully the night will bring her peace. Lucas is so focused on the lights at Meadow Lane up ahead that he nearly jumps out of his skin when he hears a soft voice say, Hello, from above his head. He tugs on the reins and Cormorant comes to a stop. Lucas looks up and his breath catches in his throat. Sitting up on a tree branch, a bright red apple in her hand, is Magpie. Magpie, he says, breathless. Mm, there are no magpies around here, says the young lady, hopping down from the tree. Lucas hops off Cormorant's back, and the pair stand face to face. My name is Farfalla, she says, and I'm guessing you must be Marius. Lucas stands in stunned silence for a moment. The resemblance to Magpie is beyond uncanny. He nods quietly, then clears his throat before sticking his hand out toward her. Yes, Marius, Marius Corbeau, he says, awkwardly. Farfalla shakes his hand, a smile teasing the corner of her mouth. It's very nice to meet you at last, Mr. Marius Corbeau, she says. I've heard a lot about you. My father has taken quite a liking to you and your work. Lucas is surprised by how quickly he starts to feel at ease with her. There's something about her that makes him feel instantly connected, and, though still cautious to protect his true identity, he opens up to her in a way he hasn't opened up with anyone else since his arrival. They amble through the apple orchard, talking about everything and nothing. By the time they've settled Cormorant into a spare stall in the barn and reached the front door of the house, it is like they are old friends. Welcome, dear boy, says Mr. Shearwater as Lucas and Farfalla enter the dining room. Pull up a chair, he adds, gesturing toward an empty chair. Lucas takes his seat directly across from Farfalla. Mrs. Shearwater, you didn't have to go to all this trouble just for me, says Lucas, amazed at the spread of food before him. Oh, Mama loves to cook, don't you, Mama, says Paloma, winking at Lucas. Indeed, I do, and it's a grand occasion to have a special guest and both my girls home for the summer, says Mrs. Shearwater. So, Marius, tell us more about yourself, says Mr. Shearwater. 
Lucas hears his made-up stories spill from his lips almost like someone else is talking. He has told it so many times over the past year it comes out seamlessly. Finally, the conversation shifts to other things. The weather, town gossip, the new post office being built. With the pressure off him, Lucas starts to genuinely enjoy himself. He hasn't felt this relaxed in a very long time. Across the table, Farfalla glances at him, smiling, and he feels a flutter deep inside that he hasn't felt since he last saw Magpie. An entire year has gone by, and he hasn't found a way to go home. He's starting to doubt he ever will. Perhaps it is time to consider moving on. Thank you for everything. I had a wonderful time, he says to Mr. and Mrs. Shearwater as he reaches for the door. I'll walk you to the barn, says Farfalla, following him out into the night. You have a lovely family, he says to her, as she opens the barn door to let them in. Yes, I'm very fortunate, she replies. My dream someday is to have such a family of my own. She catches herself then and blushes profusely. Lucas smiles at her. That's a very admirable dream to have, he says, putting her at ease. Perhaps tomorrow we could go for a ride, he suggests, leading Cormorant out of his stall. That sounds wonderful, she says. Good night, Marius, she adds as they part ways. Good night, Farfalla, he replies over his shoulder as he leads Cormorant down Meadow Lane. As he turns onto the road, he looks up at the moon and thinks of Magpie, a pang of guilt wiping the smile off his face. He tries to reconcile his burgeoning feelings for Farfalla with the feelings he has for Magpie. Pulling up to the Starling Barn, he settles Cormorant into his stall before heading back to the Carnifex's house and up to his room. It's time for bed. Hopefully the night will bring him peace. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Wingspan Chapter 22, Goodbye, Gemma, where Magpie flies back to Pocket to visit her mother and attend a memorial for someone very special. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. They help give the podcast visibility so others can find and enjoy the story. You can also support my work by subscribing to Patreon, where you get early access to episodes as well as MP3 downloads of the music, artwork, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. Just check the show notes for links to Patreon, my website, and social media accounts. Before I go, I'd like to share this reel for a podcast I quite enjoy called Mums, Mysteries, and Murder, whose hosts both live in Scotland and feature one native Scot and an Australian who discuss tales of the unexplained and true crime from their respective countries. If you enjoy the spooky, uncanny feel of the Skylark Bell, you're sure to enjoy Mums, Mysteries, and Murder. Hi, I'm Marty. And I'm Effie. And we are the Mums, Mysteries and Murder podcast. Each month we take turns bringing you mysteries and true crime stories from our respective homelands, Australia and Scotland. But be warned, 
there's no shrimps on the barbie or we oui, jimmies <laughs> excellent accent Marty. no one has shrimps on the barbie in australia it's prawns and oh. they don't have prawns on the barbie oh anyway disappointed you can find us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and join us over on Mums, Mysteries and Murder on Instagram. It's not big or clever, but it is entertaining. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri and this is The Skylark Bell. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.